Okay. Are we, can you hear me? Sounds like good. Well, the emphasis of my message today, and I talked to Dr. or Dr. Pastor Don um, about it, but the emphasis, uh, major emphasis is on the Bible and uh, why we use it, why we believe it, and uh, why it's the real Word of God. But it's flavored with some Gideon information as well, as you might expect, and, uh, and I'm just so happy to be here to uh, share with you today. Jack McDonald was born in San Mateo, California. He was a military brat who grew up all over the U.S. He finished high school in New Jersey and attended college at Michigan State, where he eventually flunked out. Ultimately, he married and returned to California, where he became a buyer for Macy's department stores. The pressure of his job was incredible, and Jack responded by drinking heavily and making a series of very bad decisions, which eventually landed him in jail. In fact, he spent time in jail in five different states. He became a fugitive, changing his name and his life story each with each new person he met in order to avoid arrest. He continued to run, and wherever he went, he found himself looking over his shoulder. One day, he just got tired of the whole thing and turned himself in, believe it or not, and began serving his sentence in Danbury, Connecticut. As he tells the story, some guy named Gideon gave him a New Testament. One night at 3 o'clock in the morning, he took that little book to the back of his cell, and by the light of the full moon, he began to read it. And as he read, something hit him like a thunderbolt, and he knew instantly that this little book was true. He received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. To make a very long story short, Jeff, Jeff is now the vice president of a computer company where he has worked for the past 17 years, and he has been part of the Charles Colson Prison Ministry Fellowship Ministry for the last 13 years. You know, many stories like this come into the Gideons with testimonies of how a Gideon placed Bible paid for by someone in a church like this one changed a person's life. The Bible has always been a difference maker, making bad people good and good people better. The Bible's pages glow with the grace of God providing hope and meaning for everyone that will look to it for help. What I like to say is the Bible is the only book that when you open it up and begin to read, the author shows up. God's Word in His Bible is incredibly powerful because the Bible is the true Word of God. Inspired, inerrant, and infallible. It's been changing people's lives since its origin. This is why the Gideons exist. This is why we promote its use why we distribute Bibles, and why we encourage others to support our efforts. So what sets the Bible apart from all other religious books and writings? The answer is simple. In the pages of the Bible, there are approximately 1,000 prophecies, more than half of which have already been accurately fulfilled. Not one prophecy in the Bible has ever failed. For example, Psalm 22, verses 15 through 18, was written 1,000 years before Christ. 
My strength is dried up like a postern, and my tongue, my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and thou dost lay me in the dust of death. For the dogs have surrounded me, a band of evildoers have encompassed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. This psalm was written a thousand years before Christ and 400 years before the crucifixion was ever invented. Yet it accurately depicts the crucifixion of Jesus. And it's important when we understand that while Jesus was on the cross and dying, he quoted Psalm 22 when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew the psalm was written about him. Then there is Micah 5, verse 2, talks about Bethlehem as the birthplace of the Messiah, and that was written 500 years before Christ. Isaiah is full of prophecy. Isaiah 7, 14, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will be called Emmanuel. Isaiah 53, 3, Jesus will be rejected by his people. Isaiah 43, prophecies about John the Baptist as one who proceeds as a messenger. Zechariah 9.9, your king comes riding victorious on a donkey. Zechariah 12.10, when it prophesies about his side, will be pierced. Isaiah and Zechariah prophesied many times about Jesus, 500 to 700 years before Christ. There are over 60 prophecies concerning the Messiah that were fulfilled by Jesus. Many others include detailed predictions about people, nations, and events foretold centuries before they occurred, and their fulfillments have been historically verified. I came across this interesting information about a statistician several years ago by the name of Peter Stoner, who calculated the possibility of Jesus fulfilling just eight prophecies. I remember there's over 60. He concluded it would be a 1 in 100 million billion, or a number having 17 zeros. Stoner illustrated it by supposing that we take silver dollars, stack them on the face of Texas two feet thick, place a spatial mark on one of those silver dollars, and then stir the whole mess up thoroughly. Blindfold a man and tell him that he can travel as far as he wishes but he must find the correct marked silver dollar. What chance do you think he would have in getting the right one? Zero. <laughs> or one in 17 zeros. The same chance that the prophets would have ahead of writing these eight prophecies and having them all come true in one person, Jesus. You know, it would be futile to argue that prophecy is not a significant part of the Bible inerrancy. Not to study, not to learn, be comforted by the prophetic scriptures is to ignore a large part of the Word of God. God's prophetic Word gives assurance that the past, peace in the present, and hope for the future. The Bible is also a self-authenticating book. It doesn't have to have logic or reasoning to prove itself. When reading the Bible, something in your heart says, wow, this is no ordinary book. This is different. This must be a God book. This is how Jack McDonald must have felt as he read the Word of God in his jail cell when he said, something hit me like a thunderbolt. 
The Gideon ministry has been around since 1890, and our only goal has always been to win men and women, boys and girls, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by placing and distributing God's Word in the traffic lanes of life because the Bible's power to change lives is unmatched. A few years ago, the New Yorker magazine carried an article entitled The Good Book Business and Why Publishers Love the Bible. The writers made a remarkable claim. The observation they printed was that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. And even more startling was the fact that the Bible is the best-selling book of the year, every single year. In the United States alone, 50 Bibles are sold every minute. Sales estimates for other religious books range from 900 million copies of the Koran, 190 million copies of the Book of Mormon, but the total number of Bibles printed and distributed since they first started keeping track of it is between 6 and 7 billion Bibles. By comparison, the top-selling best single-volume book of all time was The Tale of Two Cities, a little over 200 million. The best-selling book series is the Harry Potter series of 500 million. Now, as a matter of record, the Gideons alone, since our beginning, have distributed over 2.4 billion copies of God's Word, approximately 100 million copies of, Bible, of Bibles every year, in 200 countries in 96 different languages, not to mention all the Gideon Bible apps that you can download on your device, and that's available now in over 1,700 different languages. And we are just one of several entities committed to the worldwide distribution of Scripture. Hundreds of publishers, thousands of outlets, and millions of people are sharing the good words, world of Jesus Christ. Do you know that more people read the Bible than any other book? I hesitate because I want to say one can only imagine what the world would be like if we only lived like it and used it. Without question, it's the most important book in the world. As evidenced by this 17-year-old boy who lives in Brownsville and was about to commit suicide and thought, before I do this, what can I do for my mother? I know, I will tidy up my room. <laughs> While doing it, he found his, in his drawer a small testament that he had received several years before from the Gideons at a school distribution. And he thought, you know, I've never looked into that little book or read anything in it. And so he began to read it, and the, world, and the Word changed his life completely. God's Word was rewarded by another life saved. God's Word is eternal, ever old, ever new, ever sure. It spans the ages, being ageless. We can count on it in every condition, in sickness, in health, in poverty, in wealth. In a world of lies, God's Word is true. And it's the truth. In a world of opinions, His Word is accurate. Because God cannot fail, His Word cannot be broken. Because He is unchanging, His Word is certain. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my Word will endure forever. This is a conviction of not only believers, but also of thoughtful political statesmen, royalty, and renowned intellectuals. For example... Winston Churchill called the Bible a masterpiece. 
FDR held up the Gideon rule and the Sermon on the Mount as models for government. We began distributing military testaments in, during World War II. And during that time, FDR was president, of course. And it's interesting to note that President FDR wrote an encouraging message in the front of every Gideon Testament that we handed out to the military. He said, as a commander-in-chief, I take pleasure in commending the reading of the Bible to all who serve in the armed forces of the United States. Throughout the centuries, men and women of faith and, and diverse origins have found in the sacred book words of wisdom, counsel, and inspiration. It is a fountain of strength and now, as always, an aid in attaining the highest aspirations of the human soul. Also, in 1941, FDR first declared National Bible Week during the week of Thanksgiving. And even today, Sunday of Thanksgiving week is still International Day of the Bible. Probably didn't know that because you don't hear about that in the media, do we? During World War II, the National Bible Association read passages on the radio, on NBC, between radio broadcasts to encourage the nation during a time of war. President Ronald Reagan declared 1983 the year of the Bible during his address to the National Day of Prayer Breakfast. President Harry Truman supported, supports for the creation of the State of Israel was rooted in his interpretation of Scripture. Writers like Milton, Scott, and Swift have borrowed literally from the pages of the Bible. In fact, it's been said that if you were to delete every biblical reference from the great art and literature of the world, our galleries and libraries would shrink. Artists, writers, poets, sculptures, and musicians have filled the world with their works based on biblical themes. No book in the world or history of the world has inspired more creativity than God's Bible. The Bible was written, as you probably know, in a span of over 1,500 years by 40 authors in three different languages, Greek, Aramaic, and, and uh, Hebrew. The first translation of the Bible into the English language was credited to John Wycliffe in 1382, and the first printed version was done by Johannes Gutenberg in 1454, who invented the type mold used in printing presses, and that the Bible was the very first book that was ever printed. The Bible has been attacked by many people of great ability and power, using all the intellectual, scientific, philosophical, political, and physical forces they could command. Emperors like Diocletian were determined to destroy all copies of Scripture. For two years, people were martyred for not wanting to give up their Bibles, and Scriptures were burned. And in the end, there was a victory column erected over a pile of Bible ashes with the words that the Bible was now extinct. Yet 20 years later, Emperor Constantine declared the Bible was the infallible judge of all truth. Scholars try to discredit, critics try to bury it, the world has tried to ignore it, but it's still the best-selling book of all time. Praise God. Evidence of the English Bible is everywhere in our society. If you have ever made light of something, shown the patience of Job, Notice the signs of the times? Call someone the salt of the earth? Have ever resolved to fight the good fight? 
found that script, that spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Referred to someone as a wolf in sheep clothing. Or said you have given up the ghost. Or said there's a fly in the ointment. Told someone to go the extra mile. Or have been saved by the skin of your teeth. Then you have quoted the English Bible. With phrases that are etched in our daily language forever. And for the last 400 years. French humanist. There was a French humanist back in the 16th century by the name of Voltaire who proclaimed boastfully in a book that in 50 years from now, the world will never, never hear any more of the Bible. Yet in the year of his boast, the British Museum purchased a manuscript of the Greek New Testament from the Russian government for $500,000, while Voltaire's book was selling for eight cents. Fifty years after the death of Voltaire, Bibles were being printed by the Geneva Bible Society in the very house where Voltaire lived and on the very printing presses that he used. Don't you just love the humor of God? A thousand times over, the death announcement of the Bible has been sounded and a funeral procession has been formed and the inscription of the tombstone has been engraved. But by the power of God, the corpse doesn't stay put. So as we look back on history and all the critics, we realize Moses has outlived Voltaire. Isaiah has outlasted Ingersoll. The apostles have outsmarted the agnostics. And the prophets have, out, have overpowered their professors. The Bible still stands as God's wonderful message to man. Men and women, we Gideons believe, as most all you do, that the Bible is the inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God. And as long as we honor the Word in its full context and don't take Scripture out of context, we receive the full truth and meaning as God intended. As expressed by this note we received, one night I sat in my motel room totally defeated by self and sin. Through my excesses, my health was deteriorated, my family was rupturing, and my business was ruined. In my loneliness and desperation, I picked up a Gideon Place Bible in the motel room and began to read. The Spirit of God used the Word of God to bring me to the repentance and faith. I had entered that hotel room totally defeated. I left it the next morning wholly, wholly delivered. God's grace in Christ had conquered my life, and I went out and became a Bible teacher, then God called me into the ministry. And it's not the arguments of scholars that transforms lives, but the, the availability of the Bible to those that seek. Maybe you have read or maybe know someone that when looking for an answer for, to a life situation will open up the Bible to a random page and place their finger on a scripture to see what God says to them. Well, I read about a man who did just that, and he placed his finger on Matthew 27, 5. The word said, Judas went out and hung himself. Knowing that that couldn't be the right answer, he turned to another page, placed his finger on his scripture, and found Luke 10, 37. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Knowing that still couldn't be right, he again turned to another page, placed his finger on Scripture, and found John 13, 27, and it said, Whatever thou doest, do quickly. 
Well, <laughs> if you study the Bible that way, you can make it say about anything you want it to say. There is an attempt by some to water down the Word of God and an attempt to make it more palatable to the changing times and attitudes of our culture. But the Bible doesn't conform its message to public opinion polls or cultural attitudes. It doesn't change its doctrine in response to societal consensus. Rather than conform the Bible to society, we need to conform society to the truth of the Bible. The blessing of a Christian to be the recipient of scriptures, the Bible contains the inspired record of God's revelation of himself to man. It gives answers to the questions that mankind has asked over the ages and timeless source of wisdom and guidance. As Paul wrote to his protege Timothy, Scripture is useful for teaching, separating us from sin, correcting our path, and training us in godliness and righteousness. Where except in the Bible is such wisdom to be found in the world? So in conclusion, here is God's promise to those that will honor God's Word. It's the Scripture that we get in are inspired by. Once again, we go to Isaiah 55.11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. May God bless the word. And as Mike has said, uh, I'm here to represent the Gideons, and Pastor Don has agreed that we can collect uh, an offering from those that wish to Help us. I encourage you to help us spread the word as we uh, distribute God's word around the country. And then you, uh, you, got a, you received a bulletin, I think, today. And inside that bulletin, there's this tear-off envelope that's self-addressed. So if you're not prepared to offer anything today, I encourage you to take that home and, and put your check in there. It's already self-addressed, and we will be most grateful for that. Thank you all. Amen.